This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, I'm Roshan Kanesan. Starting out in 2017 as an e-wallet player, Boost has gone beyond payments, evolving into a regional full-spectrum fintech player. Boost now encompasses an all-in-one fintech app with over 10 million users in Malaysia, an AI-based lending business, a merchant solutions platform with over half a million merchant touchpoints in Malaysia and Indonesia, as well as a cross-border payments platform in seven countries with over 100 global digital partners. Today, we will be exploring Boost's venture into digital banking and how the venture can help close the gap in financial inclusion. Boost was one of the five winners of the highly coveted digital banking license by Bank Negara Malaysia alongside its consortium partner, RHB Bank. Joining me for this is the group CEO of Boost, Shayanta Abikon, who has been integral in building Boost's AI-powered digital lending business. We'll tap into his first-person experience working on the upcoming digital bank, how this venture will disrupt the status quo, the potential impact on society, and how the Boost RHB consortium will set itself apart from the upcoming digital banks. Shayanta, thank you so much for joining me today. So, regarding your recent digital bank license win, what issue does the upcoming digital bank aim to solve and how is it different from the traditional financial institutions that it aims to disrupt? Well, first of all, Roshan, thanks for having me on BFM again and happy to be here to share some thoughts, um, particularly around digital banking. Um, on your specific question, I think um, all the digital banks, I think, were um, given a mandate around financial inclusion. I think one of the reasons why um, the regulator and others felt necess- it necessary to create this um, new form of licensing was because there was a gap in the marketplace where traditional FIs had not serviced certain segments of the market, so certain segments of the market that were underserved. Even though we have a very high banking penetration in Malaysia, a lot of that revolves around products like current accounts and savings accounts. But when it comes to products like credit and other types of products, um, there isn't the same level of penetration, especially among um, segments of society that um, are of lower income or have less uh, types of formal documentation, what we call thin file uh, um, customers. So um, it could be micro SMEs, it could be segments in the B40, certain segments in the M40 and so forth. So I think that's the primary mandate that uh, our bank and other banks will um look to service and I think that's one of the primary reasons why this license came out in the first place, the fact that there are segments that are underserved by traditional FIs. So taking that into consideration then, if we, if we look at the wider scene here, uh, what kind of impact will this have on the wider society, you think? I think it'll have a huge impact. I think, um, so first, right, uh, fundamentally you are bringing certain segments of society that today do not have access to financial services and you need financial services today uh, from simple things like making payments, doing transactions to, uh, to you know, going, going to grow your businesses, let's say taking credit to grow your businesses and so forth. So there are a whole host of services that small businesses, um, people in the B40 do not have access to, that uh, once the banks are able to provide this to them, will help them, help them to uplift um, their standard of living. So I think that's one. Uh, the second thing is given that it's primarily going to be um, on a digital platform, right? That brings a whole element of um, convenience to the customer. Now, there is an element of learning as well because customers, certain segments of society, especially if you take the B40 and micro SMEs, the 
going in the assumption is that they're not very digitally literate. I mean, our experience in this sector shows us otherwise, but assuming that to be even the case, right, I think then there is a wider role that the banks are playing, like like us in being actually being uh, getting this segment of society into the digital economy. I think that's also another very vital service that we are, we are playing. So, I mean, we have some experience in Boost in doing this. So a lot of micro SME small businesses that took a loan with us for the first time. Um, in, in a few cases, that was their first digital experience. And some of those businesses have then gone on to, you know, um, sell their products on e-commerce sites and so forth, especially during the pandemic. So um, digital banks can play two important roles. One is actually bringing the core financial products to these segments that currently do not have complete access to them. The second thing is they can bring build a kind of a gateway uh, into bringing them into the digital economy as well. Five licenses were issued. Um, how will the Boost RHB consortium set itself apart from the other upcoming digital banks? Yeah, so from our perspective, right, I think we have a captive ecosystem of uh, consumers, uh, small businesses already interacting with us uh, in Boost and also to some extent the wider Axiara network and even uh, our partner at RHB, right? So I think from our perspective, um, a lot of customers and merchants today already digitally engage with us, let's say on the Boost platform, right? So uh, we already have a fairly... Uh, engaged based of customers and our uh, immediate focus would be to provide banking services to that set of customers, customers who already uh, understand our platform already are engaged with us in a manner that is, you know, seamless, uh, interactive, uh, very frequent use uh, across a number of different use cases in their daily lives. And I think uh, embedding banking services into that, um, a lot of people have spoken a lot about embedded finance, uh, which is um, really embedding financial products into transactions so that um, while you do a transaction, you're also subscribing to a financial product. I mean, buy now, pay later, for example, is a simple example of that. You buy something over the counter and you pay later, but it's really an embedded form of financing, right? So, but you're, you're, you're using it in, uh, uh, you know, a daily transaction. So I think an, um, embedded finance really hasn't um, taken off in Malaysia to the extent it, uh, it can. And I think uh, some of the banks have been doing it, but not really, you know, hitting the ball out of the park. So I think um, for us, given that we have a lot of customers transacting with us in all our platforms, which and primarily the primary mode of engagement is digital, I think it gives us uh, a very good uh, chance to make embedded finance really work in this, in this uh, market. And by doing that, we will also help the proliferation of financial services to different different uh, segments of society. So for today, today, we have small merchants, we have um, large brands, we have M40, B40 customers on our platforms transacting with us either to pay bills, to do scan and pay. Um, we have um, merchants taking loans from us today. When a bank comes uh, into play, a lot of this uh, can actually be brought to life uh, in, a, in a much stronger fashion where a lot of the transactions that they today engage with us will have some forms of embedded banking products in those in those transactions. And I think that that's going to be very, very powerful. So as Boost's upcoming digital bank is mandated to further serve the unbanked and underbanked points that you have highlighted, uh, the other, the flip side of that question will then be how will Boost continue to operate at scale sustainably while also avoiding uh, burning cash? Yeah, so it's a bit linked to my previous uh, point. Um, so you're right. Uh, and if you look at a lot of digital banks, a lot of them have had a long road to profitability. 
uh, if you look at digital banks uh, across the world, I think, um, and a large part of that has been because of the high initial customer acquisition cost. Uh, now, in our, in our case, we'd like to think that a large number of customers we want to serve are already acquired because they already um, engage with us on the Boost platform, right? So that does, um, so if you like, we've kind of um, already front-loaded that investment a couple of years ago. And that would help the bank in terms of operating it on a sustainable basis. Um, and if you like, leapfrog some of the early learnings that uh, a pure greenfield bank would have or a PO Greenfield Digital Bank would have. So I think that's going to be one of the key drivers for us. Um, if you look at how we've been operating, I mean, if you take Boost as a whole, we have anyway pivoted our model to focus more on sustainability and operating a fairly sustainable model. So uh, we started very heavy in the payment space, but um, uh, payments is really now more a channel. Our e-wallet business is more a channel. Our, at the core of our business is lending. So in terms of how we operate uh, across as a fintech company as well, I think we've made drastic changes over the last three years and um, uh, we are on a path to profitability as a whole. Now, if you take the bank, what the bank will do will be a subset of that. So um, I don't see the bank actually having a large amount of startup losses when it comes to things like customer acquisition. Um, we also know we've, have, we've had learnings from the last three to four years of how to bring any new customers that we want onto our platform, bring the customer acquisition costs quite low through partnerships uh, and so forth, right? Um, so I think that's something that we have done quite successfully, especially in the last 18 to 24 months. And I think the bank would leverage a lot of that learning. Shayanta, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Roshan. Thanks for having me. I was speaking with Shayanta Abikon, Group CEO of Boost, about the full-spectrum fintech player's venture into digital banking as one of the five winners of the highly coveted digital banking license by Bank Nagara Malaysia alongside its consortium partner, RHB Bank. I'm Roshan Kanison. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.